Go Mind Force Radio. From Mind Force Radio, this is Natural Strength Night with Maximum Bob. On Natural Strength Night, we don't talk about the other things Bob likes to talk about. Tonight, we only talk strength training. When I say strength training, I don't mean training like punk-ass goons in the muscle magazines who jacked up on juice, steroids, and PEDs. I mean natural strength. Strength built on good food, heavy weights, and no shortcuts. If you want to learn about real natural strength, weight training the right way, the old school way, stick around. Bob and his friends just might teach you something. He's here, the host of Natural Strength Night, Maximum Bob Whalen. Tonight, our guest is Dick Connor. Dick is the longtime coach of the Pitt Gym Powerlifting Team. He is like the John Wooden of powerlifting coaches. He's written many articles for Hard Gainer Magazine and NaturalStrength.com. Dick has over 60 years' experience in the iron game, so listen to his wisdom. He's very entertaining and has a great sense of humor. And when I'm talking to Dick, it feels like I'm talking to a family member sitting on my couch in the living room. If you live anywhere near Evansville, Indiana, you need to get a workout from Coach Connor. Visit the website at thepitbarbellclub.com. Dick, welcome back to Natural Strength Night. Uh, thank you, Bob. It's always great to be back, and I appreciate talking with you because you're always full of enthusiasm. When you get old, you lose some of that enthusiasm, so hang in there with it. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot, Dick. You were talking about these uh, young kids you're training now, and I, I believe you said that some of the kids you're training now are in the sixth grade. What is the best way to train kids that are that young? Well, I've got my own opinion, but it's, you know, based on a lot of years and seeing a lot of injuries and, of course, I've, I've heard, and so have you throughout the history of, of of weight training almost, that you shouldn't start weight training till a certain age. Well, they start playing sports now at sixth grade wrestlers in this town start in uh four years of age and uh it's just real young that these guys are going through a much more trauma to the joint than they'll ever be done with a correct and i say correct strength training program now uh, not everybody's going to agree with what i say is correct but you're trying to strengthen a muscle without putting force on the joint and it's 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 easy enough to do but that kid will really need every second of your time to to train him you know he's not going to be able to be put in a gym like a lot of high schools do and say you're a 13 year old freshman in high school and go over and start squatting with little or no instruction and so there's there's tools for the game you know uh I really don't recommend squatting or deadlifting for a young kid, and it's not necessary, although I've been around powerlifting probably as long as almost anybody that's alive now. It, it, powerlifting's a sport, and you're going to have to squat if you're going to be a powerlifter, but you don't have to squat if you're going to be a basketball player. In fact, again, uh, there's tools that, that, are, that are, are really excellent nowadays, and so... Uh, training a young kid, again, the first thing he's going to need is, is your attention to everything he does. He's going to need a personal trainer from the time he lifts it till he walks out of the gym. Yeah, how old are these kids in the sixth grade? They're about 12 years old? Yeah, I've got a couple of kids like that, and uh, they do well. Again, the one I train, um, a wrestler, and he's a, mm-hmm. he plays football. He's in the sixth grade, and I take him through the whole thing. It, not a long workout, 
very brief workout and you know make sure that he's in control of that weight moving very smoothly very slowly with the weight and not believing and I do not believe that fast twitch muscle fiber has anything to do with how fast you move uh it it has to do with going to failure within a certain length of time in my opinion so this young child that you have that you're strength training you're very responsible to to teach him to do something that's very hard to do and so it takes time and it, uh, with it, it, but it has to have a personal trainer that believes you can hurt yourself, and, uh, and and believes that you can build strength without jerking and yanking. In fact, you can build more strength. I would like to keep a young kid under about two minutes. Uh, you know, I, I, if I use a, a systems exercise on a a super slow, if I were do uh, moving that ten ten or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. I would. Uh, you know, I would get down to a, a minute as an assistance exercise, for instance, on a power lifter. But on a young kid training, I'll keep him moving slow up for, to about two minutes. And I do use a stopwatch on, on almost everybody, although I do have people that that do reps. But mostly mm-hmm. I, I do time under load. Uh, right. And I'd keep it around two minutes for a young it, it's it's an and it's a it's a vicious way to train. Uh, I, I realize it's very hard, but it also brings about discipline, and that's very important. Um, I I, have, I got three brothers um, that are one, the older one won the Pan American Games in his age group, and he was the youngest guy in wrestling. Last year he won a state championship as a sophomore, and he got second to first year. And if his dad would have let him go down instead of taking on a national number one ranked national high school wrestler, he took him on, got beat like eight to two. But this kid, I, I, I've watched him over the last. I, I, he'll probably go to West Point. His dad was a military officer, but I, I've watched him go over a period of about three years. And I've trained him, and he had to leave me because of certain things and other people training him, but he always comes back, and I'm training him again. But to see the difference in a kid that's taught mm-hmm. right and how disciplined he becomes, he is incredible. He's, you know, uh, he's like a rock climber, you know, on a, in an area where you can only move so fast, and he just so disciplined as compared to the way he was when he first started so there's more to getting than just strength when you put a person and simply do like and again i'm always quoting arthur jones but he you know he said one time he said you don't need to know everything i've ever written to know how to strength train he said just do the hardest exercises find the hardest exercise and do them the hardest way you can and if that don't do, don't work, he said, "Well, do this." He just reversed it. He said, "Do the hardest way you can. Do the hardest exercise." It's quite simple. But he says, "Always do less if it's not working." What would you tell a kid who's like ten, eleven, or twelve years old? And if you were coaching them, what would be the earliest age you'd you'd want them to be doing one rep max to test their strength? Well, again, I don't know if I'd go by age. I'd go by saying, watching the guy. Are you doing it correctly? Can you squat correctly? You know, it's teaching guys to squat is not that easy or deadlift. But age, I really don't know. I I would be more inclined to say if he can do it what I think is correct, then I'd say he can do it. But, but, you know, age... Uh, I, I don't know what's happening to that joint in there. I don't know when that joint's ready to. And I've heard numbers. And of course, powerlifting accepts you. And it's over the years, it's been different ages. Some some 14 in some organizations, and some 16, and even some I've seen letting little kids do it, which which is insane in my opinion. But you know, assuming these guys know what they're talking about, they say 16. You know, and that might be all right. You're certain playing violent games at that age, so one more violent game may not be more or less anything to you. Tell us about the brand new supersonic gigantic pit gym that just opened up. The brand new one. Yeah, well, it's it's I'd say probably 
by talking to the owner, which is not me any longer, um, Pat Tyring and his wife, who both run it together, um, that it's probably 80% finished and over a period of time will be, but it's still everything you could possibly want or need. You could you could have two of what they got, maybe. <laughs> but, wow. you know, they've they've went all out, and it, it, it certainly is a place for power lifters, but it's also a place for anything you want to do. You can actually find your little cubbyhole in it uh, kind of a uh, place where, you know, you got this kind of these guys over here powerlifting. It's in an area that that's away from you. It's not locked in, but you you're not bothered at all by the powerlifters. You hardly can see them in the other area where. And then you got an area where the bodybuilders tend to hang out, and uh, uh, you know they just got everything you could imagine, in in my opinion. And I mean, like you could probably get two of something else. Now I know there's equipment out there that I don't know about. And uh, it, it's like it's like everything else. If, if time goes by, things do improve. Mm-hmm. But I did ask a guy the other day. We was talking about how hard something would work. And I said, "How much harder could you stand? You know, who would want anything that worked any harder? You know, <laughs> you know, it's it's up to the person to take the tool, do it right, and work as hard as they can. And that involves a degree of of uh, suffering, or whatever you want to call it." <laughs> You know, yep. I know some people. You know, some guys, and after you know, they really thrive on that. But it, not everybody does, and so they got to. They, they got as good a gym. I, I I try to talk a friend of mine. Like the, the the connection with the old gym goes back so many years that there was some degree of feelings hurt when he moved, and so he was going to close the old gym, which is on the west side of town. And this was on the east side of town, and he could not close it, or has not been able to close it, because so many guys won't come out of the place. They want to be in the <laughs> old gym, and he's got a lot of members that go there. He says, "I can't close it." He said, "It just, you know, they are they, they, they like it." And so, but and, but here's a here's here's an example. A good friend of mine, a guy I went to New York with, and 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 everything. Who's one of the most likable guys. He he was one of our powerlifters, and he, he he just loves lifting weights. Big strong guy. He came down to see the new one, and here's what he said. He's walking along by himself more or less, and he said, "I'm right there, not too far from him." He says, "Man, this must be the best equipped gym in the world." Yet <laughs> he he refuses to leave the old gym. So it's what you want. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. just having all the equipment in the world don't make it what you want. But, yeah, didn't uh, you tell me that, uh, that yeah, the new owners can't close it down because it's like a it's like an ATM machine. I mean, they they got hundreds <laughs> of members that have keys and they just go in there and they pay every month. So how can you shut it down? Yeah, it's it's got a, quite a few members. It's that more than he had anticipated, and so you know he's trying to get along with people. He's he 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 he's found out like everybody else uh, that you know being in business you got you got a lot of trials and tribulations you know as well as anybody <laughs> and when you're dealing with people you know i mean some of them guys refused to even come and look at it you know you're talking guys that that gym was opened in 19 that that gym that particular one we opened in 76 the original was was back in the 60s and then went to a, one, another place and then we went to another place which is where in 76 which is where they're at now the old place but mm. um it's uh, it just you can't you know you can't change people's minds. I know guys that live close, much closer to the, the, this one here, yet they belong to that one over there. <laughs> so, Dick, how many square feet is the new gym? I don't know, but it's about six times bigger than the other one was, and I, you know I don't I, you you it, it's got a, a huge area just for powerlifting. I mean, you can run a complete powerlifting meet in it. Uh, wow! It has you know a, a seating and everything for people. All you'd want at a powerlifting meet, and that's what makes it great for them, for the pit uh, owner Pat Tyring and his wife, and those who are involved with setting stuff up. Because I no longer involved with that at all. I would go mad trying to mess with it uh, because we had to do so much work to run a powerlifting meet before. You had to set it up. You had to find a place that would tolerate it, and then you had to. But he's he can set one up like you can blink an eye, and they can you know they just run a state meet uh, about uh, three weeks ago I think it was, and they're getting ready to run a, a high school 
bench deadlift championship and open meet in about uh, six more weeks. And they, about every other month they have that, and they have they have all kind of contests. I mean. They're the opposite of most gyms. Most gyms don't want powerlifters. They don't want shock. They don't want grunting and groaning. Okay, th- this place right. wants that. That's <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're right. It's that that is the difference, and that's of course it, he loves the powerlifting. He's been a powerlifter and been a, one of the toughest powerlifters we ever had. I mean, he was the hardest guy to beat. If he got close to you, he was going to get you. And he would always. Yep. One time he pulled his hamstring so bad it tore it. We had to carry him to an airplane. So we could, he, we were down in Texas in a powerlifting meeting. I mean, he just, uh, or, or, yeah, I think it was in Texas or Louisiana or somewhere. I think it's Louisiana. But he, yeah, that's how you know. And he's, but he just keeps on trucking. He loves powerlifting, and his son's falling in his shoes now. So, so it's you know, it's got. It, it, you're right. They're, they're, we've got places in town, and I cannot name them all. You know, that just. They they literally do not want you in there making noise or doing anything. And right. I understand that. There's a place for everybody, you know. Tell us about the distractions that young trainees can get into, the bad influences from training in a commercial gym. Yeah, well, we spoke, you know, and, and everybody knows about uh, drugs in America. I guess it's everywhere. Um it's and and slowly but surely it it'll all be accepted because i'm i'm confident to the point where you know you might be looked down upon if you don't accept it you know but that's a that's that's the one problem with a commercial gym of any of any ilk is is the use of steroids and it's confusing because when a young man sees guys train a certain way who use drugs and i myself have to admit i've been stunned over times in seeing what kind of results some of these guys get um i told somebody the other day because i trained and i've told you this a dozen times before i trained at bill pearls uh in 1958 and and bill pearl was in really good shape at that time and unless my memories Unless my mind, and I've seen Bill Pearl even guest pose in 1963 or four in Louisville, uh, unless my mind is it, 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 really confused, we got about four or five guys that use steroids in, in, at the pit who would beat Bill Pearl in a bodybuilding contest. And, 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 and I told somebody the other day, them guys back in wouldn't have a chance with these guys. I mean, I, I'm I'm amazed at, at the way some of them look, and so on and so forth. But be what it will. I mean, you know, I, the, the only thing that I ask out of a guy, you know, I'm not going to be telling people what to put in their bodies. Uh, you know, I rode in police car for years and was a, was on a police department that that if you didn't smoke, you were looked down on. I guarantee you, everybody smoked. And they rode in the car together, and one, you know, the thing would be full of smoke. It's just, just, it was all accepted. And now smoking's not accepted in this country, but other things are. But the only thing I would, you know, would ask out of a guy: Look, don't enter the contest against the guy that don't use them. You know, you are what you are because of what you're using. And um, you know, for me to stand and say, "Oh, they don't work," that's a, you know, that's a flat out. I had. <laughs> there are still some people out there who say that kind of crap. They 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 say that it's all psychological. It doesn't work. They're they're complete idiots. Of course, it works. That, that that's the reason people are taking it. It works. But it, it, you know, it when people works. When people say stuff like that too. Um, they also are going to discredit their message if they're against it, you know, because they, they used to say right. they used to be high-ranking scientific people that would say it's a placebo effect and it doesn't really work. And, well, you just lost any any convert you'd ever hope to have by saying that crap because the people taking it know it works. And if they're going to hear you say that crap, they're, they're going to ignore everything else you're saying along with it. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, it works unbelievable. It's right. I, I mean, I'm, I, not, I'm not encouraging it because I've had, I had a buddy, the first guy that we had at the pit that I knew of, that I knew was using something, 
He ended up in the insane asylum and died before he was 40. He literally yeah. ended up in the insane asylum because of things of what wow. he'd done to his body. And, you know, uh, so... Yeah, to me, it's not even just about that it's dangerous because what pisses me off about it, just like you, because there's getting to be few of us left. Most people out there don't care about steroids. They really don't. They just they just ignore it and they just don't care about it and and they just put everybody on their website or in their magazine and they just they just don't care about it. And there's only a few people left that care about it. It seems like, but to to me, it's not just because it's bad for you because we know it's bad for you. We know there's a chance it could kill you or or cause you to have severe health problems, but there, there's also a chance it might not. It's like smoking cigarettes. Some people mm-hmm. get damaged by it and some don't, but the odds are it's going to. Right. That's that's not the reason why I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate it because it's a, it's a different activity. Like I say all the time in these podcasts, it's not the same activity, so don't compare yourself to them. I mean, they're a different species. I don't mean they're different because they're better. I just mean they're different because they're not doing the same thing. It's like, you know, if you're if you're training and you're doing it with just food and good sleep, that's not the same. You, you know, that's It's not the same activity. So you can't just go admiring people who don't do the same thing because their results are not the same. It's like a different Absolutely. denomination. It's not the same thing. Yeah, and I've seen just like you. I've seen people, like when I, when I hear people say this stuff doesn't work, I feel like punching them in the mouth. Of course it works. I mean, you know, we've both seen guys do extreme, extreme jumps in poundages and extreme, you know, jumps in muscular size in just a matter of months. So they put on five years worth of of results that it would, if you ever, if you ever could have got it right. You know, see a guy put a hundred pounds on his bench in a matter of months. So see a guy become enormous in a matter of months. Yeah, it's you know. Uh... I do not even remember at one time seeing these guys with the blood vessels, for instance, in their deltoids like I see now. It's unbelievable. And I've seen guys that would have that when I was when I was lifting weights and, mm-hmm. and when I could really lift weights when I was young. And, you know, I've seen guys that couldn't have would never have been as good as I was become unbelievable specimens from the stuff. I trained a kid that's the biggest I could get him when he was in condition. It was about 158. He was five foot four, extremely well built. Put everything was where it belonged. And on a, you know, I found out by going to a bodybuilding contest over the years that having muscle and having muscle where you got to have it for bodybuilding are two completely different things. You got to be so gifted even then, to stand in the Mr. America contest. But this same guy went off to college and got on steroids, and he came home. When he walked in the door, he weighed 220. I, I couldn't believe my eyes. And he was like 5'4", fairly well cut up. Wow. And I, I just, that that was my first take on it, and then I seen it again and again. And now it's just everywhere and just confuses a guy. You know that, that that wants to train correctly and get the most health and and strength and a better build, he he becomes completely yeah. confused by that by those people, especially watching him train. Outside of drug use, what are some of the other things that commercial gyms can start bad habits uh, with the young guys? Like I, I, I'm a big believer in only training twice a week at the most. You know, and when I train my powerlifters. Uh, and I said I'd never train powerlifters again. And what the reason is because you got to travel. But since that time I brought <laughs> powerlifting to Evansville, I'm getting back into it, and, tra- and I'm training several guys. And, and, and the thing that would really confuse a young guy, again, is to seeing people train six times a week, uh, five times a week, Four times a week, and even three times a week, in my opinion, you don't—you just don't gain as good on the average. There are a few people, but even you know anybody that's drug-free doesn't doesn't need to train over twice a week. We'll be back with more right after this.
This segment brought to you by VitalNutritionStore.com. Did you know that more than 7 million Americans suffer from coronary heart disease, the most common form of heart disease? Regardless of your age or condition, adding Cardio for Life to your daily regime will dramatically improve your cardiovascular condition. Cardio for Life has been the top-selling Enlargenine product in the marketplace now for more than three years. It is also the top-selling product at VitalNutritionStore.com. Formulated by Dr. Harry Elwart, the best-selling author of Let's Stop the Number One Killer of Americans Today, Dr. Harry believes together we can prevent and reverse heart disease. Cardio for Life comes in three wonderful flavors, orange, peach, and grape, and is gluten-free, sugar-free, and sodium-free. Please see our complete line of natural products at vitalnutritionstore.com. That's V-I-T-A-L nutritionstore.com. Randy Roach shocked the world with the release of his first volume of Muscle Smoke and Mirrors several years ago. It was a masterpiece of over 500 pages with such in-depth research and detail that it was not only surprising, but shocking and mind-blowing. It was truly one of the best Iron Game history books ever written. He followed that with Volume 2, another epic book with over 700 pages of equal depth and detail. All serious Iron Game fans need to have these books. Please visit Randy's website at randyroach.ca. That's R-A-N-D-Y-R-O-A-C-H dot C-A. Listen to how Iron Game legend and the Iron Master editor, Osmo Kihaw, describes the book Supernatural Strength. Have you ever wondered how much real-world experience authors have when they write books about weight training? Who is that person behind the computer? What do they really know about the Iron Game? If you picked up this book, Supernatural Strength, you have definitely come to the right place. The author, Bob Whalen, has spent several decades in the Iron Game trenches training himself, competing and coaching in powerlifting, earning academic credentials too numerous to mention, and thousands of hours of training and instructing athletes and trainees of all levels at his Washington, D.C. gym since 1990. He's not only devoted his life to motivating and pushing people to heights they have never been to, but elevating the trainees understanding why certain methods work better than others. Bob is one of the most respected and revered trainers in the business today. This book is sure to surprise and amaze you at the same time. Order now at SupernaturalStrength.com. That's SupernaturalStrength.com. Don't you think it would be so much easier getting into shape if you had a personal coach? Just like all the celebrities do. Well, now you can. Bob Whalen of WebStrengthCoach.com wants to get you out of your rut and coach you to success. He's dedicated to helping you achieve your strength and fitness goals through your hard work and his expert guidance. Bob will help you with strength training, muscle building, fitness, nutrition, and motivation. He'll make sure you achieve your maximum physical potential. You can get one-on-one training with Bob through his website webstrengthcoach.com he will develop a personalized program tailored to your individual needs a program right for you bob will give you feedback after every workout this is old school fitness and nutrition no fads and no gimmicks bob will use proven natural techniques to make sure you are satisfied so visit webstrengthcoach.com today and let bob help you reach your best self webstrengthcoach.com Do you enjoy history without social engineering? Reading about our founding fathers? Economics from a capitalist perspective? Wisdom from modern patriots? Welcome to UncleSamBooks.com, where virtues like rugged individualism, hard work, and the American dream dominate. UncleSamBooks.com. Great books for homeschooling. UncleSamBooks.com. If you want to become as strong and muscular as possible with health in mind and without lowering yourself to using steroids, the best advice can be found in the classic strongman books of long ago. These are the best books ever written on the subjects of strength training, weightlifting, strongman training, iron game history, and old-time physical culture. Many of them can still be found at physicalculturebooks.com. There you will find good, Honest, time-tested wisdom from the great old-time strongmen to maximize your natural muscular and strength potential. Please visit physicalculturebooks.com. Listen to Ken Manny, head strength and conditioning coach at Michigan State University, describe the book Iron Nation. 
a masterpiece text on some of the most intriguing and compelling personal stories, Iron Game history, and gut-wrenching training routines ever put to paper. If you truly love hard training without all the frills of pomp and circumstance so common today, you will love Iron Nation. Written by lifters for lifters. If you love weight training, you will love Iron Nation. Order now at ironnation.com. That's I R O N nation.com. If you would like to promote your business on Mindforce Radio, we would love to hear from you. Please let us know if you are interested in a 30 or 60 second voice commercial or a banner website ad. Please contact Bob using the contact information provided on mindforceradio.com. You're listening to Natural Strength Night on Mindforce Radio. And, uh, and and they need to do a limited amount of movements and so on and so forth. So it's easy to get confused if if you if you walk in a place where nobody can tell you anything, and they're there, they're, they're out there, you know. You know. In fact, I, I can tell you some pretty good stories. I don't know. For instance, I'll tell you one. Um, <laughs> the, the 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 basketball coach of St. Louis, who was the basketball coach uh, at uh, Annapolis, I mean uh, West Point, and he was a West Point, he was a uh, coach at U, U, uh, University of Evansville, and the winningest Division One coach in India, Evansville history, and he played for Bobby Knight. So this man, uh, Jim Cruz, was a very disciplined, tough guy. Six foot six, seven, what have you? Nice looking man. It had ever has everything going for him. And he can think. <laughs> and anyway, one summer, his good friend Roger Mason, who was a is a died in the world weightlifter, who uh, was one of the strongest men I ever trained, and wrecked his knee playing football. But he started four years in college. And anyway. He's his good friend, and Jim had me train him one summer on this very brief, intent workout. And I, I, we 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 probably didn't average twice a week at that time training. And he seen such good results that when he went to West Point, he tried to get me to go there and talk to them about strength training because he 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 realized that if he could train that brief up there at that school and get the results instead of the long drawn out workouts they go through at West Point now under a strength coach who's a well educated man undoubtedly and I know he believes what he's doing but sometimes along the line I've had to change I've only changed about 100,000 times if I told you what I used to do when I was 18, 19 years old, I was a maniac. And the results were not good in the long run in a lot of ways. And what I'm saying, in his case, this strength coach, he he was really uptight, wrote me a letter from West Point telling me that, you know, I didn't know what I was talking about. Well, the thing of it is, I can understand if a man's making his living. And he's trying to tell these people, you don't need to train but twice a week, and you don't need to train but 15, 20 minutes twice a week as hard as you can. West Point's not a place where time is something you can take for granted. And these guys, and, his, and Jim Cruz realized that, and he so he wanted to use the time in the best way he could. But this coach, after all, he's making a living, uh, and, and, and so he's going to have to, you know, show – and I'm sure he believes in what he was doing. It took me forever to believe that you could strength train or powerlift twice a week. I mean, I trained for years. We trained a deadlift twice a week. Man, nothing will kill you like doing a squatting and deadlifting twice a week. My goodness, uh, you know, it's your back never did recover and all that kind of thing. So it took me years and years to understand. And I can understand that young man at West Point, but it's just 
you know, it's so easy to to believe the same thing. More is what works. It ain't more. It's how hard. <laughs> and when you work hard, you can't work much. So, you know, it's, right. it's a simple thing. So, Dick, we were talking earlier about uh, Judy Gedney of the ADFPF and what a great job she's doing. Um, tell us right. more about her. Well, again, somebody had to be hardcore enough to just step in, and she, as far as I know, was one of the leaders, her and several other people. One of the guys is a guy out of Chicago that owns the gym up there, still probably does, and he was a pretty hardcore guy. I mean, he would tell you the truth. Sometimes, you know, I didn't want to hear the truth. I didn't want to hear the truth. My my lifter didn't squat deep enough or that or that in, in no contest. You know, you, you spend a lot of money traveling around the country, and and you get a guy that bombs out, you know, and because the judges are tough. Well, Gedney and and the, 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 her her and two other people, and I cannot remember neither one of them's names, started this organization some years ago, and they have done a whale of a job because they demanded that you do it right, not giving anybody anything, and basically they would have had no equipment. Period. They have an equipment and a no equipment. But they, in order to get a, 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 into an international affiliation, they had to have a equipment side. But they have a non-equipment, and it's just flat-out no equipment. Now, the deal there is, first of all, guys on steroids will not compete in no-equipment contests. They're just not interested because, mm-hmm. I mean, again, I talked to a guy not over seven days ago, good guy to me, he always treated me as with respect, and he's supposed to be a 600-pound bencher. Well, the man couldn't bench four without the equipment. Right, and right. It's ridiculous. It's it's. I can't. I can understand a lot of things that I don't. I can understand people doing it, but I've yet to figure out where these guys using this equipment nowadays. <laughs> that, 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 that does that for you. What do they believe? You know, and this right. Guy, Some of these bench shirts are so unbelievable. It's like it, it puts like 150 pounds or so, or maybe 200 pounds on your bench by itself oh, without yeah. even the drugs, right? Oh my <laughs> goodness, yes. And uh, they used to be put maybe 50 pounds, but the new stuff, that Velcro thing, you can't believe it. The the the, the battle is to be able to get it to your chest, not get it off your chest. It is yes, it does hurt. I mean, so these guys go through all kind of pain. Too. But I was involved with it to some degree when equipment first started, and of course, it just kept getting a little more out of whack. And of course, there's a, a time space in there between that and the ADFPF. Different organizations tried different things, but you gotta. The one thing to get, that has to be done to do. Is to eliminate guys from getting into thing, uh, mm-hmm. men and women. Is you know is no equipment because that just they they want to. I mean, uh, you know we're a tattooed up nation. I've got tattoos from being in the military, and I mean there's organizations that that and powerlifting coaches or whatever you want to call us. Or them, or me, or whatever. Who I know, I seen the other day a guy who uses or has used uh, the extreme equipment. Who's got a tattoo of his favorite coach on him on his arm, and now he's got cancer, and he's probably not yet forty. Now I don't know that the cancer was caused by the drugs he used. And this is one nice guy. He is a great guy. He, 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 he can't keep from liking him. But his whole life was bent into this by these drug guys, and you know it's like a hell's angels. I mean, the, you know, uh, it's 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 part of of a, an organization. You just want to be a part of it, and you know, I understand it. I I understand it, but. I would like them to understand. Do you understand? We just don't want to compete against you. We don't want to use the equipment, and we don't want to believe you're as strong as you think you are because you use that stuff. I mean, it's uh, it's beyond me. But I don't I don't even like most lifters. There's only a few good guys out there. You know, those are the ones you want to keep 
keep friends with and the ones who do it natural and do it the right way and the rest of them that uh, don't care and they, they, they think steroids are okay, it's like I couldn't care less about them. They're not doing the yeah. same thing I'm doing. The professional athlete, uh, <laughs> I guess if I was a young man and somebody said, well, if you, you, you like a guy told me his coach told him he got a new football coach when he was in college, and he says, none of you are going to play football for me on the line, whatever it was, unless you can bench 400 pounds. He says, we knew what we had to do. He didn't say we had to do something. And, and I've heard these stories. I asked a baseball player one time that played college baseball. I said, well, where do you find the stuff at? He says, just like you find any other drug, just let somebody know you you want looking for it. He says, It'll, it, they'll find you. <laughs> right. You know, if you're not in the drug culture, you, you don't really know where it is. Like, I, I wouldn't have a clue where to find any drug. I've never tried any drug. I've never right. even tried marijuana ever in my life, ever. I've never right. had a cigarette touch my lips ever in my life, ever. Yeah, I just, I wouldn't know where to find it. But the, these people who do it, they know where to get it because it's everywhere, just like marijuana is everywhere. But yeah. one of the funniest things, right, we were talking about this earlier when we were talking about some of the football players who want to go to Seattle or want to go to Denver so they can legally smoke marijuana. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's true. It's true. Right. But it's, but some, some of these, yeah. it's, it's unbelievable how these academics and these phonies and, you know, in the media, they're, they're coming out and they're like pro marijuana. They try to act like it's practically good for you now. You know what I mean? So they'll bash alcohol and, and they'll come out and say it's, uh, marijuana is is practically good for you. Well, it's not. It's it, they're not they're not telling you know they might not say good for you, but some do, and and they and they try to act like it's way better for you than alcohol. Well, in my opinion, it's way worse for you than alcohol because the smoke you can either drink or you can smoke, but when you do marijuana, you're doing both. <laughs> you're drinking and smoking at the same time. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're smoking, and you're, that smoke in your lungs is just as bad as cigarette smoke. And I know these phonies are going to say it's not. If if you get off your ass and read and do some research on it, you'll find out that it is just as bad. And some even say that it's worse. It's smoke in your lungs. It's bad for you, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, right. if something's going to make you feel drunk and messes up your lungs at the same time, that's smoking and drinking all in one thing. So... To me, that's worse than drinking. Well, another thing about this stuff from talking to guys that use it, you don't want to do nothing. Right. You know, you 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 got a factory in, in uh, up in Detroit, and and half a guy smoking marijuana come to work. They don't want to work. Uh, and you know that's what's happened to part, part of our, our our country. You know, we have a Toyota plant down here, and I'm sure that those <laughs> research yep. that area. And, you know, they watch you like a hawk in those places. You're tested all the time because they don't want anybody building one of their Toyotas. You know, it, it's basically that they're hard country folks and uh, uh, people that are hard workers and don't use stuff and try to come to work. I had a guy one time that he said that he worked when when he was in college up in Detroit, he lived in Detroit. He said he would uh, in the summer. He said you could get a job at the Ford plant because on Fridays, or guys, a lot of guys wouldn't come in, or a lot of guys wouldn't come in on Mondays, and they'd have to uh, they'd have to hire college guys to keep them lines running because so many guys wouldn't come in. You know, well, it's the same thing with how a person takes care of herself. You want a guy, you know, if you're paying a guy to take care of himself and right. be able to think. And of course, everybody knows that a guy on marijuana can't think and he's not interested. It just takes all the interest away from anything. You just want to smoke marijuana. I've had guys tell me, you know, I never smoked a marijuana either, but it's, you know, it just, it makes you a non-competitive person. You just want to lay around. Right. Which is what I, when you get old, you got to, that's what you do. But when you're young, you don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I just don't like the phoniness of it. I mean, if it's legal and people like it and they want to do it, just be honest about it and just say you like. Because I, I, I couldn't care less if somebody wants to do it. But when they give me that phony stuff like trying to act like it's practically good for you and it's so much better for you than alcohol, total horse crap. But, uh, yeah, just, you know, it's bad for you. You like it, do it. 
just don't give me your crap about it. It's, don't give me the lies and the BS about it. Just do it and be quiet. Hey, Dick, we got time for one last one because you were talking about some of the the great new equipment in your in the new pit, and you was you were talking about the uh, those nitro machines that you really like, and you also were talking about the pit shark. Yeah, um, the the pit shark is is everything. And of course, I got I never heard of it till you and. Um, Drew Israel, you know, talked about it, and, and and it is the only bad thing about it. When I want to use it for guys, when I'm training people, the thing's always got somebody on it. Uh, yeah. I wish it wasn't so popular. Home, you know, I've never had a complaint on the belt squat of that thing. Now he's got uh, Pat has a West Side barbell machine, a belt squat machine, but but it's not liked as well as that. Pit shark, and although it's not a bad tool, um, it's you know, and, and uh, they they got a glute ham machine there too. That's a West Side barbell thing that powerlifters, you know, the West Side barbell is the big time powerlifting gym in America, and of course he builds all that equipment. But he, you know, like anybody, they, they, these guys learn. And and so that there a lot lot of powerlifters are attracted to that equipment and that glute ham they have. And I just ask guys, you know, as they as as I train them or guys that use it, and they they say that thing works your hamstring and hip like as hard as anything ever. He's got that piece of equipment, and then he's got this yep. tough stuff. He's got the, the I didn't I've never seen tough stuff. Until he got this stuff, <laughs> he got the stuff, <laughs> tough stuff, and he got to the state of the art line. He said there's two companies. The, the the company has two places where it builds. One place wherever it's at, they build a certain line that's not not as 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 well built. And then they has got this other line, and he got this real good line of tough stuff. It's man, it's it's sweet, um, and it's. You know, uh, I just w- was really impressed with it. It's all the frictionless-like thing nowadays, extremely heavy-duty, and uh, all the weight on it you could possibly imagine. He's got mm-hmm. other lines, like like he's got cable crossovers. He's got two, two of them in there that just they're just incredible. One's a top-of-the-line tough stuff cable crossover. I'd never seen one before, and man, it is nice. Uh, Hmm. I don't really teach him by that movement, but uh, it's, you know, he just got about everything you want. You know, he's got dumbbells that are ridiculous that go Mm -hmm. all the way up to, and I know you ain't going to believe it, he's got different sizes, but he's got got one set set of dumbbells over 300 pounds, and nobody can actually use them. I bet Marvin Eater wishes he could have. Marvin Eater wishes he could have trained in that gym. Yeah, <laughs> that's what Marvin he said in the, in the in the podcast with him because you know back in the fifties, right? But the mm-hmm. gym he was in, the, the heaviest dumbbells went up to I think one twenty. He got to the point where he was doing such high reps with everything with that because it was nothing heavier, you know. But yeah. he's a legendary legend. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> for him doing yeah. parallel bar dips with guys tied around his waist and uh he, you know i i guess the story is true i don't know where i got it at where uh, him and who it, the, the guy from um the the great olympic lifter from uh i don't Doug know the truth. yeah I, I I heard that or read or something that him and either were down at muscle beach at the same time one time Wow. And they get in this discussion, who's the strongest? And this is what I heard. Either, uh, and both of them, you know, with physical specimens deluxe because Hebron is a, was a tremendous presser. And ain't no doubt he was one of the greatest that ever lived at, at that time. And, but he was way uh, bigger than Eater because Mar- Marvin was oh, only yeah. like 100, 198 pounds. And Well, the argument was, you know, you take five movements and I'll take five and we'll see who's the best. You pick five and I'll pick five. And I understand that Eater mm-hmm. beat him. So, of course, Eater probably does dips, but he could do dips too. But, you know, Yeah, Mar- Marvin could do everything. He was just a... Yeah. Yeah, probably the best natural guy ever. I mean, pound right. for pound, overall strength. He was just unbelievable. Yeah, that Goldberg that owned that gym up in New York said he was the, the, the greatest potential he'd ever had.
So, Dick, we're going to have to wrap things up. It was a pleasure to speak with you again. Well, Thank you so you much bring for your out time, Dick. Me. That muscle smoke and mirrors, I just want to say, I bought, you, you're the one that brought them to my attention. I, I, that, that guy has done his homework, ain't he? Oh, my it's God. Amazing. Randy's unbelievable. It's in, I, that's I the don't best know, stuff. I don't know how he does it. I don't either. I can't. I can't understand how in the world he's put all that together. It's unbelievable. If you ever talk to him or whatever, tell him I said I've never read anything more true. It just reminds me. I'm reading all that stuff that I went through in the fifties and the craziness about me. Uh, supplements. Um, you know, uh, Joe Weider. I, he still owes me money. I never got stuff from him. <laughs> <laughs> but, that is funny. Yeah, uh, but anyway, he's done it. He's done a job. I think Randy's probably the most thorough historian in the history of the Iron Game. His books are so thick and so filled with information, and the print is small. So when you're reading through it, you're going like, "Oh my God!" It's like, how in the hell did he get all this information? It's just unbelievable. You're a wealth of information, and thanks so much for your time and for being on the show. We're definitely going to speak with you again soon. Okay, Bob, it's great talking with you. Don't be a flamingo, you have to do your squats. Don't be a flamingo, real lifters work their legs. That's going to do it for this edition of Natural Strength Night on MindForceRadio.com. Please bookmark that website, MindForceRadio.com. Bob is always looking for new writers for NaturalStrength.com who are old school, hardcore, write with passion, and have a strong anti-steroid stance. He also wants your training questions so they can be answered on the show. Please send your articles and training questions to Bob at mindforceradio at earthlink.net. Thanks for listening. See you next time.